Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Hey guys, welcome. Hey, uh, welcome from vacation. I'm your host, Joshua. Of course, of course, the first day I get to record, I'm all uh, stuffy and so I'm sounding like this. And I'm on my travel mic, so I'm sounding a little different. But I'm here from vacation. But even on vacation, actually part of vacation is fantasy football because this is fun. That's why I do it. Uh, so I'm not on vacation from fantasy football. I've been working on some things actually on my off days in between, just sitting back enjoying uh, the free time and working on some spreadsheets. Lots of fun. Yeah, I guess if you're not a nerd like me, you don't like spreadsheets, but uh, spreadsheets are fun for me. So I've been working on some things. If you're on Twitter, at FusionFFB, you have maybe seen a snapshot of this, a little preview. I was working on my running back landing spots. And uh, I also have been working on a much better template for my team projection snapshots last year. uh, I, I think they came out pretty well last year, but I want them to be a little bit more comprehensive. I want to uh, solve the issues I had of formatting and players being a little out of order, uh, visually out of order, and the the positions being jumbled up a little bit. So we're going to fix that uh, this year. So I've got most of the groundwork, the the behind-the-scenes work done on those templates, and uh, now I've just got to figure out what I want you all to see so but back to running backs landing spots what i do in my process every year is uh well i say every year it's been like two years now uh so (laughs) this is like the third year i've done it so uh i try to figure out what the best landing spot team landing spot is for running backs or any positions right now we're just focusing on running backs it's a little bit easier and really more meaningful to do it for running backs then wide receivers. I've started doing wide receivers, but it's more meaningful for the running backs. And I think we all know why. It's because opportunity is what matters. Because why? Because running backs don't matter. And when we say running backs don't matter, we don't mean all running backs in overall. We don't mean running backs to the NFL. What we mean is that the individual who it is, the that running back who it is, isn't really as important as the opportunity, as the role, as the team, as the offense. All those things are what make a running back. And uh, so that's how you can get Gurley from the St. Louis Rams and that quarterback, that coach, that offensive line, that everything, and put him two years later with LA, new coach, quarterback actually same quarterback one of those years but better and uh just altogether better team better offense better everything and you've got the one number one running back in Todd Gurley yes a baseline of talent is has to be there and it's assumed and uh, that's kind of what we're going to call cover and talk about when we talk about the different roles and uh what kind of role or type a running back is but uh as long as all of the other factors are in place, that's what will unlock a running back to be good. But as we saw, let's, for example, David Johnson last year, a good running back in a bad situation is still not 
a great running back. The fact that David Johnson was still, what, RB9 in PPR just speaks to how good he is individually, but it just means he wasn't what he could have been in a better position. So again, landing spots we're talking about. And I like to do this before I really even settle on my rookie rankings because because the before I start imagining where these players can go, I want to objectively take a look at where the best places are. And this year, I took a little bit of a different approach. Um, I've kind of created a matrix, I'm calling it here, of scoring. Uh, there's different things that add points to their total score. So what I have is, the first column is the depth available on the team. By which I mean if, and we don't know because of course a undrafted free agent running back brought onto the team is going to start further down the depth chart than a round one drafted running back. So there's a little bit of my subjectivity in all of these. Of course, there has to be. But basically, I just looked at, I use player profiles, depth charts, and I kind of used their uh, terminology when I talk about roles as well. And I was just looking, and I, I looked other places, spot track to double check uh double-check contracts and who's actually on the team as of now. Uh, just to see, look, for example, the Miami Dolphins have two running backs, literally have two running backs in Kenyon Drake and Ballage. Uh, they're going to add some running backs, obviously. So, But both of them are pretty much the starters still, though. So for them, the depth available... I put backup. So there's four tiers that I made. Uh, none, basically, that they're they're full. So that's the what the Patriots, uh, the Detroit Lions, teams like this. Then I said bench. There's room on the bench for a not a backup player, but a backup to the backup kind of player, a bench player. Then I said a backup, which would mean after the first, and and it's not a backup as in. Uh, you think of Le'Veon Bell and then James Conner last two years ago, I guess. Uh, it's actually more of for their role. So it doesn't necessarily mean he's the second on the depth chart. He could be the third, but he might be the backup satellite. He might be the backup grinder. He might be the backup all-purpose. Okay, so that, that's the that's the backup. And then, of course, just a primary. There is... On actually, I only saw one team that truly had an opening right off the bat for a rookie as a primary. And you're going to, of course, be able to disagree with me. And you're going to be able to disagree with me on, on all of these for all of the teams. But I think as we go through, you'll see how the score is spread out across a number of factors so that it's there's no one factor deciding everything. The, there are... There are things that are more important than others, and we'll get to that, but uh, it, our disagreements are probably just going to change the scores by one or two points, basically. That's my hope. So those are the four different types of depths available. And I just gave, you know, obviously none is zero points. Bench, I gave one point. Backup, I gave two points. And I jumped it up to four points for the primary, for obvious reasons. There has to be a jump there between a backup to a primary in in the value. And again, this is the values of the landing spots. These are not how good the running back will be. This is not 
Um, and I said, I write it. I should just read what I wrote. It's, it's not to rate how likely they are to draft a running back because there's some names towards the top of this list that probably are not going to draft a running back, at least not high. But the value of a player who lands in this position, how good is the place going to be for a running back who lands there? Any landing back, any running back. And uh, they, as I do have, I do have uh, built into this the ability after the NFL draft to put in the player and when he was drafted, and it will modify based on the draft capital, the investment, how good the opportunity is likely to be for that player. But we'll get there. So that's depth available. Role needed is the other thing I went through. I already talked about it. I mentioned them. Of course, there's fullbacks, uh, zero points. Sorry. Grinder, one point. Satellite, two points, because this is taking a PPR, as I always do with everything, and I'll tell you up front, it's PPR, everything I build. I know some people like to go half PPR and split it. I'm sorry, it's PPR. So satellites are more valuable. If, if you're thinking about a uh, standard, then then whenever you see satellite, you can subtract one point and take it back down to grinder and level them out at one point. I don't care. Satellites are more valuable than a grinder in PPR, except for rare circumstances. And then finally, we have all-purpose back. And I only kept that at just one more, three points for the all-purpose. The, the reason I did that, because this is more about the type of back. It's not actually about their usage or their or their their depth. Uh, they're the place on the depth chart. So at first I had that higher and I found there's some teams that could actually use all-purpose backs, but they're probably going into an all-purpose role. For example, the Dallas Cowboys. They don't have Rod Smith anymore. Uh, if you look at the other running backs on their team, there's no one that can fill that Ezekiel Elliott uh, role if, if Zeke got injured. So they need an all-purpose backup. Uh, really, I, I put him bench because he's not even going to be situational usage, and we'll get to there. It's really going to require an injury to Dallas, uh, to Zeke. Yeah, Zeke is Dallas, basically. Yeah, good job, Josh. All right, so uh, that's it for roles. We have fullback, grinder, satellite, and all-purpose. And again, all-purpose does not mean they're getting every down all-purpose usage. It just means the type of back they are. And the next column is the usage. And of course, starter is the first one. Then you have situational, and then we have limited, and then someone who needs injury to get any work. Okay, so obviously needs injury to get any work, I, I gave zero points. Limited is one point. Situational, I gave three points. And starter, I gave six. So this column adds more points as far as the adding of points than any of the, than the other columns. And this goes back to what we talked at, about at the beginning. Opportunity and usage dictates points for running backs. It's simple as that. I'm sorry. Uh, you can say talent dictates the usage, but I'm not even sure that's always true. We've seen that so many times. Talent does not always dictate usage. Sometimes there's other factors at play, though, whether we like it or not. Uh, so... If there's a starting position available, that's I'm going to give them six points. And only one team again. And you can say this is a little bit redundant with what I said about the depth. It is a little bit. I understand that. Um, but again, 
I'm basically looking at the same thing from a different from different angles. I'm looking at one just of who's on the team. The other ones, I'm actually looking at how much usage you're likely to get, the regardless of team, uh, regardless of who is on the team, I should say. So it, even if this is redundant, um, it's redundant of the thing that we talked about actually matters, which is usage and opportunity. So I'm fine with double counting it even though I'm looking at it from different ways. And there's, we'll, we'll see as I go through some of the names, some of the examples, there's times where there is a definite difference there. Um, quite often, they seem to line up, but I'm glad I differentiated them because it does, uh, it does show, it does kind of illuminate some, some situations. Uh, for example, we talked about the Dolphins, so yeah, backup, probably situational, and really the only role they don't have between the two backs they have now is a grinder. So I said the most likely running back that they would add who would have the best best opportunity and everything will be a grinder. Um, now I'm looking further down. I'm saying the Eagles. Eagles are an interesting case. They really have no depth available, right, uh, on the surface. They would have to either trade for or draft a rookie and insert them higher into the depth chart, which could happen. This can all be corrected after the draft. Like I said, when you have the name of the player, you have their actual role, their actual projected depth uh, place on the depth chart and their their draft day, their draft uh, capital. And then we'll we'll run all the numbers through here again and see how it comes out. But the Eagles had... No room on the depth chart, really. It's pretty much full. But the, what they do need, if they do need anyone, they need an all-purpose back because Howard is a grinder. Uh, Sproles, if he comes back, is a satellite. Clement is a satellite. You know what I mean? That seems to be their weakest weakest point across the different roles is an all-purpose back. But that doesn't mean if they draft an all-purpose back, he's getting starting role. He's probably going to be limited or he'll need injury to somebody or he'll just need to outshine them or... Again, draft capital, they'll need to surprise everyone and draft them in the first round. Although, look, we saw last year how that went for the Seattle Seahawks. We all thought that that first round meant something, and it turns out it didn't. So it doesn't always mean everything, but it is the most consistent correlative thing we know is draft capital. So we're going to go with it. All right, moving on. I added a column in here that I'm just calling the offense modifier. And this is just this is just me adding a little extra points to teams where the running backs score more points. That's it, basically. So the New Orleans Saints are a four. The Kansas City Chiefs are a four. The Los Angeles Rams are a three or a four. You know, so these are the teams that score the most points to their running backs, and you can say that's because of who their running backs are, but I think C.J. Anderson uh, disproved that. Uh, then you look on the other end of the spectrum, got what? Uh, I'm looking down. Buffalo Bills, zero. Uh, I gave the Washington Redskins a zero. I could, I, I'm not sure. I, I actually was just looking at that. That maybe should be a one. Basically, zero is, is bad. One is poor. I kind of spread out kind of the decent to good two to three points and then a great is four. And so it's not adding a lot of points, but it's it's just adding enough to to tip the scales a little bit and it's subjective. But 
I think for the most part we can agree. So the idea is uh, Kansas City Chiefs, like I said, they're four, but they have a only room on the bench for running back. Probably a satellite role is the best thing that they're missing and the most open role. But he's going to get very limited usage. You know, we saw how Daryl Williams was used last year. He was used maybe situationally. And can you really think that they're going to be running, uh, bringing out a, a rookie even before him? I doubt it unless draft capital, of course. But that's the point. We want to see how good these positions, these landing spots are if a running back does land there. So the Chiefs are on my list. The um, I should have added actual rank number there because now I have to count columns. They are the seventh best team, the seventh best landing spot on my at this moment list. But that doesn't mean they're the seventh most likely to draft a running back. That doesn't mean it. It just means of the teams that are out there, if a running back lands with the Chiefs. That is the one that is the seventh best place for someone to be to score fantasy points. That's all we're talking about here. So, all right, we talked about that. We talked about the depth available, right? Uh, none, bench, backup, primary. We talked about the different roles, fullbacks, grinders, satellites, all purpose. We talked about the how much potential they have for usage, whether they just need someone to get injured to even get any playing time, whether they're limited whether it's situational, they're only going to be a goal line back kind of guy, or if they could be a starter. And, of course, my modifier for 0 to 4 points, how good their offense is for running backs. Uh, small example there, Philadelphia Eagles, good offense. We talked about them already. I only gave them a 1 because they're not great for the running backs. Okay, another example. hope that helps clarify it even more. So going down the list here, I'm not going to list the whole 32 teams in order, but the number one team that came out was the only one team that I saw had uh, room on their depth chart for a rookie to be the primary back once drafted. And of course, draft capital will possibly change this. And this was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, if they wait until the third, fourth round to draft somebody, then I, I'm going to have to change that. That clearly means they're thinking Peyton Barber is going to be the primary on the depth chart. So we'll have to update that. But as of now, the depth that's available, that's available for someone to be drafted into the top spot, primary spot, and that's going to be an all-purpose role, starter. Now, offense modifier only gave a one because we've not seen that be great for running backs. It could that could bump up if if they really do draft an all-purpose back, and we'll see if Bruce Arians involves them like they used David Johnson. Again, was that a talent thing or was that a Bruce Arians offense thing? So that could go up to a two, even a three, with my modifier. But even with just a one. The total score is 14 points for a primary all-purpose starter. And uh, that puts them ahead by four points from second place. Okay, There's not a wide differentiation between all of these teams. It goes 14 to 0. At the bottom end, you have Washington Redskins, and the Lions are one point. At the top, we have the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm just going to talk about the top few here, and then I'll skip around. 
and then we'll call it a we'll call it a podcast. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers number one. The number two I have is the Houston Texans because even though it's a backup depth available, uh, they probably most of all need a satellite back because they have Miller um, form in there. They have Miller, who's a little bit of an all-purpose himself. Uh, but he could get up to situational usage, and that offense is good offense. I gave it three points for composite, especially for a satellite. Okay, So that is impacted a little bit by the role needed, I guess, when I was talking about the offensive modifier, is how much that offense really needs that role and will use it. So 10 points for the Texans. Here's a bit of a, a sneaky one that I have actually was looking at already. And uh, it was interesting that, you know, when you make this matrix, you wonder how how did I balance all the different points added and everything. Basically, you, you got to take a common sense approach to it and say, look, yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Houston Texans better be at the top of your list or you're doing it wrong. Okay. So yeah, there's some things you got to check. The Lions should probably, and the Patriots should be towards the end of your list because they're not going to be great places for a rookie running back to land. All right, that's the point. Uh, I made the list. I did tweak the points here and there. And I looked at it and said, is this showing me what I would expect? And it's okay if there's a few teams that are unexpected, because maybe that's a, that's going to uh, show me something that I wasn't going to see without, without doing this process. But, I mean the Miami Dolphins shouldn't be coming out top and me acting like, oh, I've revealed this big secret through my matrix that the Dolphins are actually... No, it needs to be common sense. It needs to be reasonable. The Dolphins are high, but they're not above the the Bucks and the Texans, obviously, because of their offense and overall situation. So the number three team that is a little bit of a surprise maybe to everyone, but it's one I was already thinking of and I was very interested to see that they came out this high, the Atlanta Falcons. I love Edo Smith. I was drafting him in third, fourth rounds rookie drafts last year. Love him. I'm kind of trading him where I can. I like Devonta Freeman for this year to have a good season, but he does is an injury risk. Uh, the Falcons do not have any kind of grinder back if they draft a big back like a Alex Barnes or a Madison, that guy can definitely get work. And both of those players really have almost have all-purpose uh, abilities. I'm saying they will be drafted into a grinder role, but they have the ability to do be more than that. So those kind of backs going to the Falcons could be very good. Maybe not this year. But everything everyone's maybe hoping Ito Smith could be this year, these players will be more than that next year for the Falcons. And just like last year, it happened early for Ito Smith because of injury to Vonta Freeman. If injury to Vonta Freeman happens this year, those players win you championships. Basically, basically those players are going to be great second half of the season players or whenever you know Freeman gets injured. Fourth on the list is the Jaguars. Uh, their depth chart is a little bit weak. They haven't re-signed Yeldon. They have a bunch of junk after Fournette, basically. And Fournette himself is a little bit in trouble right now. I don't think it's going to amount to much effect on the field for Fournette. Uh, I didn't really change anything 
if you're wondering. That didn't affect any of this these scores. So they need to back up probably a satellite like Yeldon was. And he's going to get situational use like Yeldon did. It's a pretty decent offense. I gave him two points for uh, for running back. Gives him nine total points. Um, and tied, and that ties them with the Falcons at nine points. Then we've got the, I got to double check this is sorted right here. All right, so uh, the fourth team was the Jaguars. The fifth is the Bears. Yeah, because they just signed Mike Davis. They traded away Jordan Howard. And now they have Tariq Korn and Mike Davis. Now, on a depth chart, it tells you that they only have a satellite back and a grinder because they think Mike Davis is a grinder and Tariq Cohen is a satellite. Each of them are much closer to being all-purpose backs than I think is widely recognized. Uh, I can't remember who did the work, but I saw it, and if I see it later, I will credit it. But uh, looking at all of the different stats from the Bears offense last year, Cohen was much more involved in rushing the ball. He actually ran the ball at a higher percentage versus uh, receiving targets last year than he did the year before that. So he was much more of a traditional running back this past year than he was even the year before. And everyone was expecting Nagy to use him in even more creative ways. He actually used him more like just a regular running back. Uh, on the other hand, we saw Mike Davis very capable in the receiving game in Seattle. So he's not just a grinder either. So those those two really um, have a very wide uh, overlap and it doesn't really leave much room. I did put in here that they need an, the Bears need an all-purpose back. That's the most open role. But he's going to be a backup to both of those guys, essentially. So backup, bench, it's it's a fine line there for the Bears. But they do need an all-purpose. Uh, probably going to get limited usage. But it's a good offense for running backs. So they kind of snuck in here. There's three teams all tied to eight points here. The next is Kansas City Chiefs, and the next is the Rams. You can tell why it's more about the offense there and the uh, backup or bench rolls available if a, a running back goes there and gets points. So the next is Miami Dolphins, and then one way later than probably a lot of people are thinking, and it's because of their Crowell signing, Oakland Raiders. Yes, they did sign Isaiah Crowell. I do not see them... Uh, drafting, and again, draft capital, when they draft them, it'll tell us otherwise. But as of now, I don't see why they are drafting a running back uh, directly into the primary starter position. So the points aren't that high for it. But I did give them an all-purpose backup with limited usage. I only gave them a one for the offense, and uh, I gave them seven points. And they are tied right there with the Saints because the Saints are such good, such a good team for running backs. If they decide they want extra insurance behind Latavius Murray and and Alvin Kamara, I that would be very understandable. So really, there's a, a bench to backup satellite position there available behind Kamara. Um, I mean, I'm not going to go much further than that. You can see the whole list on 
my Twitter at FusionFFB. I'm going to make sure it's the pinned tweet, and then I'm going to eventually get it on the website here as I make some changes to the website that has not been changed or updated for a while. But that's, that's going to start happening as I start getting more uh, visual written content for you all to see and interact with. Uh, yeah, like I said, next will be my rookie rankings. And uh, hopefully after the NFL draft, I can actually integrate both this list and my talent rankings to maybe objectively modify how we move the players around because of where they went. See, that's the idea here. And you're getting the picture now. So the idea is, you know, no one thought the Patriots were a great place. Sony Michelle, highly rated, goes there. That dropped him down in some people's minds. Um, also last year, Nick Chubb, highly rated, went to a place people thought wasn't good. That dropped him down. Now, some of those, I what I would maybe have liked to do and I thought about doing was almost doing a matrix like I did here but going back to last year and see how it actually came out and how accurate it really was. I, I don't think I can do that because one, uh, our bias of what we know to be true is going to change it so much that I really can't do an objective uh, assessment of last year's because I know how things carried out. So I could try my best to block that out and pretend I'm looking at it as if I don't know, but I do know. So we're just going to have to do this this year, and then we'll see how it comes out next year. And we'll look at these rankings and see how accurate they really were. Um, that's just the way fantasy football is. It's a year-to-year -year sport, especially if you're in Dynasty. Uh, but that's going to hopefully help us to more objectively change how we rank the players after we know where they land. Hope you enjoyed this guy's lot of talking by me with a stuffy voice, but I wanted to get you something even if I am on vacation. Uh, I'm still going to be away for a couple more weeks. Uh, I'm going to be on a plane while the draft is happening. Yeah, that's really great planning by me, but oh well. Uh, I don't, I've never been one who really had to watch the NFL draft anyway. I mean, let me know where everyone went when it's all done. And then we'll figure it out. And that's what's going to happen. So I'll be right back at it uh, right after the draft. And uh, we'll update this list and others and have a much better idea of, of our final rankings. Because I don't know about you, but rookie drafts start right after, many of them, right after the NFL draft. I have one starting that Sunday. So uh, as much as I can get out to you ahead of time, maybe I won't have my... Uh, finished modified rankings out by Sunday, but you will have everything that I have that I will be using to then create it. So you can look at it and you can help uh, use them to create your own. All right, guys, I appreciate you listening. Uh, keep checking. Follow me on Twitter at FusionFFP uh, as I get I'm kind of working on a wide receiver one of these, but it's it's not as meaningful as the running backs as we talked about. And uh, I could kind of do one for quarterbacks, but it, there wasn't much point in doing it for all 32 teams. Again, it really felt to me that the running backs was the most important place, the most impactful place uh, to really to really figure out the differences between the landing spots. So hope you enjoy. See you next time.